Welcome to Two Hours No Traffic, a New York and Philadelphia sports show. We are your hosts, Ben Harris and Brandon Farron, and it is just one hot week in July this week, man. I have been sweating my balls off all week. Dude, you got to talk to your landlord about this AC issue. Like, it's hot outside, but no one is having the cooling issues that you're dealing with right now. My, my AC's been working. I'm just talking about outside. I, I, I spend, you know, I have a dog. I spend a decent amount of my day outside. And uh, I, I, every time I walk inside, I have those sweat stains on my stomach. And mm-hmm. it's disgusting. I think everyone in the community laughs at me because I'm a big fat slob when it's hot outside. I do know that we almost lost you to a pickup basketball related incident. Oh you were testing about migraines oh. after cooking some like 12 year olds out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically what happened. Um, <laughs> Two games in a row, I played really well, like back-to-back weeks, and, and both times I got a migraine. This time, I was able to stay home. Last time, I had made dinner plans, and Ooh. these my, my boys hadn't seen me in a few months. So I was like, I'm going to tough this one out. I went to a really nice Italian restaurant in Hoboken. Shout out to, I think it's Zero Auto something. I can't remember it. Anyway, food was great, but my head was just buried in my arms. My one buddy was trying to get me to chug beers. I was like, not going to happen. Yeah, this, this is not the night for that guy. All right, we're going to start with some not so great but expected news. Uh, <laughs> our beloved producer, Saul, has left the podcast again. Um, he, he has a few issues with me, Brandon, and un- unfortunately, it's just the way the cookie crumbles. I do love that producer Saul just makes cameo appearances every few podcasts. It's it key, It's the spice of life, really. He seemed a little bit more perturbed this time around than the last time around. So if he doesn't come back, you know, I wish him well. I've always been nothing but a friend to him. And uh, if if he decides to return, he'll have to he'll have to talk to me and you about it. And I'm I'm not going to lie, Brandon, after this last time, I I don't know if we're going to let him back with open arms. Yeah, I mean, you know, the market's out there. We are friends with Paul Hemikitis, who is a notable podcast producer. Might have to give Saul spot to Paul. Shout out Hembo, um, former guest on the show. But uh, yeah, enough about him. Let's let's get into some sports. We got to start with the national news. The Phoenix Suns won game one of the NBA Finals against the Milwaukee Bucks. Pretty convincingly, actually. Um, so the Bucks did the, the, the James Harden thing where, where the Nets had James Harden as doubtful for the majority of the week. Game comes, all of a sudden he's upgraded to questionable. Before you know it, he's playing. Everyone's like, wow, what's going on? Bucks decided to do that with Giannis, except the difference was Giannis looked great. Really yeah. didn't seem like he was a step slow. Athleticism, everything seemed uh, seemed on par with what Giannis usually does during you know NBA basketball games. But this game was about two guys for the Suns, mainly one, Chris Paul took over in the third quarter. Uh, he made minced meat of the Bucks defense. Nobody could stop him. And and the Suns are great. You got to credit Monty Williams. The Suns are great at exploiting matchups on offense. So they had Lopez on Paul. They had Bobby Portis on Paul. Those guys can't cover CP3. And he torched them. Uh, great game one for him. The other guy, Devin Booker, had a very solid night. I think he ended up with 25 around there, and, and Paul ended up with 30-plus, I believe. I'll have to look at the box score. But um, those guys were great. 
And and the story for the Bucks was a they did not get to the free throw line. If you look at the the free throw discrepancy between two games, it was astronomically in Phoenix's favor. And B, Drew Holiday uh, did not play like he's been playing when Giannis was out. Giannis returns. Holiday decides to stink again. Middleton couldn't go all Kevin Durant on him and score a thousand points. And and that's really it. The, the Bucks go with how Middleton and Holiday go. And even Giannis, Giannis didn't. I think he only had like he only had twenty points. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a great game for him. So I'm sorry. I'm 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 rattling. What did you think about this game? Uh, no, I think you hit on a lot of it. Um, I'm just gonna circle back on like what I said. God, I think it was three podcasts ago at this point. It's no coincidence that Drew Holiday balls out when Giannis is not on the court. You have two guys who need the ball in their hands. I think Giannis even more so. So when one of them doesn't have it, you know, Drew in almost all these cases, he's not going to be as big of a factor. That being said, he still gave you almost triple-double with 10 points, 9 assists, 7 boards. Not a bad day if you're a starting point guard, for being completely honest. Um, but it, it's more about the Suns, like you were saying. I mean, their starters, look at Bridges had 14. DeAndre Ayton, 22 points, 19 boards. Like, you cannot overstate how important that is to control the glass. He's turning into a beast in the playoffs. And then Booker's 27. Paul's obviously going to give you, you know, between 25 and 35. The Suns are just built so perfectly, it seems. I mean, you have your two great wing scorers. You have Crowder, who can do, like, the 3 and D thing. And then you have an animal in the middle in DeAndre Ayton. Even Cameron Payne, you know, off the bench, gives you some spark minutes. I really think that the Suns can wrap this one up in... God, I, I'd even say a five is possible. Yeah, you, you hit on some great points there. Um, the Phoenix Suns are an extremely deep team. They have a deep roster, and they lost Sarich to a really bad inj- injury. So we, we wish him well. We hope he, uh, he has a speedy and, and, and quick recovery. But they're so basketball-wise, deep. Basketball-wise, if basketball we're looking at basketball-wise, he played two minutes last game. So right. they're going to be okay. That, that's what I'm saying. You still have Frank Kaminsky. You, you can play uh, Torrey Craig in there whenever you want. But when, when I, I talk to people about this series, they're like, why do you like the Suns? Because a lot of people like the Bucks. The Bucks are the more top-heavy team. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the series. Um, I mean, after game one, you could say that it's Chris Paul. But before game one, you would say it was a healthy Giannis. Middleton is right up there with Booker. I mean, those two are comparable. And then after that, I think CP3 is probably the next best player. But you, like you said, the Bucks don't have a Mikhail Bridges or a Cameron Johnson. They just don't. Their backup point guard is Jeff Teague. Cameron Payne has been playing way better than Jeff Teague. Um, yes, the, the, the Bucks have guys like P.J. Tucker, Pat Connaughton, 3 and D guys. Okay, they're not, they're not these young, you know, hungry dogs in Bridges, Aiton, and, and, and Johnson. And uh, Booker's Booker's pretty young, too. Like, they have a very young roster, and you round it out with veterans like Jay Crowder, who, by the way, was horrible. Jay Crowder, mm. 0 of 8 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3. They won despite him only scoring a point in 33 minutes. Um, but you have Chris Paul. You have Kaminsky. Torrey Craig's been around the league a little bit. Campaign's also a veteran. I just love the way they're put together. And I, I think I, – I know we've talked about this in the past, but this is how you want to build an NBA roster. Uh, yeah, they are. They're the epitome of what teams should be doing. Um, and we say that as two teams who have went the complete opposite direction. Yes. And just spent well, all their money on you, three. You guys kind of did the, the process. That was sort of what they're doing. And that's going so well. <laughs> um, but, no, you're right. Like, yeah. I mean, 
they didn't put all their eggs in two baskets, Joel and Ben. Like, they had guys. I mean, Chris Paul wasn't supposed to be this good, if we're being honest. This team was supposed to be young guy heavy with him as, like, this veteran leader. He was not supposed to be. This is one of his best seasons he's had in a long time, to be completely honest. And, and I'll tell you, you know, this is a New York sports show as, as well as a Philadelphia sports show. Chris Paul is someone who, if you look at kind of the way the season turned out, the New York Knicks could have really used Chris Paul. I mean, they were the fourth seed in the East with Julius Randle as their best player. If you put a, a vet like CP3 in there to handle the offense, oh, everybody's value goes up. R.J. Barrett plays better. Randall plays better. Reggie Bullock play, play, plays better. They probably compete a little bit harder with Atlanta in that first series. Like, I just – it's amazing. Chris Paul goes to every team or, or, or every new team, and everyone's like, this guy's washed. And he proves everybody wrong. I, I give him yeah. credit. Um, to your point, even, because yeah. um, the Knicks realized that during the season. Um, you know, you see how much better that team is when Derek, when Derek Rose came aboard. So you got to figure how much bigger of a jump that's going to be from Derrick Rose to CP3. I mean, if they had a great point guard, that team was going to be really, really good. I think quickly can get there. But just mm. seeing, like, I mean, Derrick Rose is like the poor, poor, poor man CP3. Dude, they were starting Alfred Payton for the majority of the season. Mm-hmm. That's like, uh, I don't know, man. That That's like Tom Brady and Drew Stanton's NFL career. Like, like yeah. seriously, one, one guy's, you know, a Hall of Fame player – the other guy, Alfred Payton, is a guy that I'm sure 90% of basketball fans don't know who he is. He competed for minutes with Michael Carter Williams. That's really just where this discussion ends. Um, we never, I don't think we, we mentioned CP3's full stat line, but 32 points, 9 assists, 12 of 19 from the field, 4 of 7 from 3. He was phenomenal. And after, after this one game, he, he looks like he could be the finals MVP if Phoenix wins it. Devin Booker, there is a smoothness to his game. I just want to point out... He's not the most athletic dude in the world. Like, he's not like the uh, Kobe Bryant or a Tracy McGrady. Uh, no, he's not like those guys. But there's this, like, smoothness to his game where the way he moves, the way he gets to his spots, it's, it's just pretty to watch. His game is not unlike the late great Kobe Bryant in a lot of ways. Um, and his ceiling is not that much lower, I don't think. I think he can get there. You think he can get to Kobe status? Yes, I think Devin Booker has the skill oh, to do that. Okay, I, oof. yeah, I don't see it. I, I, I think he's going to be great. I think that, I mean, look, if they win the championship, like he was an All Star this year, he was fantastic. I think so was Chris Paul. Chris Paul was an MVP candidate, mm-hmm. but he's so young. He, I mean, like this team was just built to win. I, I, look, I, I like the fact that people are, are saying he can get there. I don't see it right now. Um, I just look don't where we are, yeah. are right now already. Like. I mean, I'm not even that. I think he can get as close to the greatness that was Kobe Bryant. I'm not sure if he can get there. He's going to be very close. But just the guys are built similar. Like, he had every chance to leave Phoenix to go anywhere else and try to win because everybody in the league wanted him. And for whatever the reason, he stayed because he, he might have seen this coming. There's just some things about him that give you, like, Kobe kind of vibes. Yeah. No, I. I get what you're saying. I just, I think, like, even if they win the championship, I got to see him do it again in the next few years. Um, And then finally for the Suns, and I know we mentioned him a little bit, but DeAndre Ayton is a matchup nightmare for the Bucs. Yeah. Like, he's he's somebody that, um, you know, had things gone differently, had my team ended up there, had the Sixers ended up there, 
he is a center who I think Joel Embiid should even be wary of. He's he's just so sound down there. He doesn't have the moves Embiid does, but he's a great defender. Um, I think he's taken Tristan Thompson's crown as far as offensive rebounding. I mean, he's just so savvy on the boards. I think he could have. I think he could give the best center in the NBA a run for their money defensively. And and you love how he shoots it. Eight of ten from the field, six of six from the line. He has a very soft, leathery touch for a big man. Uh, great performance by the Suns overall. How do you think the rest of this series goes? Um, I think I think both. I think the Suns um, win win again at home, and then they steal one in Milwaukee. Um, and I do think the Suns can wrap it up in five. So I agree with you, but everyone thinks I'm crazy. Everyone's like, dude, really? Five games? A lot of people think the Bucs are going to win. Um, I'll say this. The Bucs have been resilient these last two playoff series. They went down 0-2 to the Nets. They won that in seven. They went down 0-1 to the Hawks, I believe. Hawk, the Hawks won game one, and they won that series in six. So, you know, the Bucs have been doing a great job at taking the first punch and then coming back stronger. I, I just don't see it against this Phoenix team. Yeah, this wasn't even really, like, this wasn't a punch, like, where Phoenix gave it their all and then they're going to be a fallback. This is just kind of who Phoenix is. Like you said, Crowder didn't even play well. I mean, Booker shot 8 of 21 from the field. He was 1 of 8 from 3. He had 27 because he was 10 of 10 from the free throw line. But, like, he's not going to get to the line 10 times a game. He he got a lot of calls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then you also got to figure that, I mean, he doesn't usually shoot it that poorly. Right, right. You're right, you're right. So it's going to even itself out. Yeah. I agree with you. 25 of 26 from the line, Phoenix. That's the final thing I'll say about that. 25 out of 26, that's 96.2%. Thank you, ESPN, for providing that excellent box score. All right, Brandon, let's get to some stories. I mean, not a ton going on in New York and Philadelphia. We'll get to the Phillies. We'll get to the Yankees. We'll get to the Mets in a little bit. But let's let's kind of stick with this national news narrative Let's talk. Let's talk some Rachel Nichols. Oh yeah, that's been that's been the spicy um, Twitter basketball topic recently. What did Jimmy Butler and Rachel Nichols get into? And then so, you got the Rachel Nichols sad news too, of right, course. But right, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll start. You know what? We'll start with Butler and and Rachel Nichols. I don't remember this rumor uh, going around during the bubble. Maybe I was out of the loop. Maybe I missed it. But. I don't know if it's true or not. I, I haven't seen like one source verify it. Obviously, you have the Jimmy Butler dribbling the basketball late at night, getting complaints at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. You have that whole story. Kind of makes sense now. You have a little the Car- bit sus. Little sus. You have the Carl Anthony Towns, you know, trash talk. Call, call Rachel. Rachel Nichols. Call Call Rachel Nichols. Um, kind of all makes sense. I uh, I have a, a good friend of mine. His buddy is on the Heat. And I'm not going to say who he is. We can we can discuss it in a later episode. But I asked him, I'm like, yo, did your boy tell you if it's true? And he's like, do you really think that Jimmy Butler is going to walk up to my boy and be like, <laughs> yo, guess who I smashed last night? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do think that. I mean, look, they're, they're grown people. They're, they're adults. They can they can do intercourse if they want. Who are we to judge? But having said that, it's just funny the fact that Jimmy Butler's built this tough guy workhorse narrative, you know, Rachel Nichols has this has this uh, controversy. We'll get into it in a second, and 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 then this happens. Very very funny that this news came out. We'll you get to the absolutely not- hilarious yeah. about the workhorse narrative that you brought up is that Jimmy Butler has convinced all of us that he's such a psychopath 
that a report came out that Jimmy Butler got a noise complaint for sweatily dribbling a basketball at 2 a.m. and not one person bat an eye. We all believed it. Yeah, I guess I believed it, sure. Um, but it's one of those things, the second you tell me that something else happened, I'm going to be like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, like this. Like I very much believe that in that time he was just railing Rachel Nichols told all of us that he was dribbling a basketball and then went, wow, I can't believe they all bought that. Social media was hilarious, by the way. I saw like a picture of him exhausted in the finals. And it was just like, man, no wonder this dude was exhausted. He was having sex with Rachel Nichols at night and fucking playing against LeBron during the day. There was um, an interview that somebody went back. um, It was between Jimmy and Rachel Nichols. I think it was in the bubble. And dude, I'm telling you, like I watched that interview. She was giving him some kind of eyes. Like, in that conversation, it was not friendly. All right. Well, there you have it. Love is in the air. We got to get to this not-so-fun topic uh, with Rachel Nichols. She's an idiot. I mean, she was being recorded basically saying that, you know, Maria Taylor got the finals. uh, uh, Was it sideline reporter role? Yeah. She got that role. No, she got the pregame. The pregame role in the 2020 finals and Rachel Nichols basically said it was because ESPN needed to fulfill the diversity role, which takes all credit and accomplishments away from Maria Taylor. According to Rachel Nichols, Uh, very stupid thing to say. She was being recorded, came out. She got blasted. She actually lost her finals job for this year. And, um, you know, it was just nice to see the overwhelming support that everybody at ESPN, everybody on Twitter gave to Maria Taylor because she's great at her job and, and you just you shouldn't ever say that. And that's just one of those scenarios where, hey, like that's white privilege in a vacuum, like a white person yeah. saying, hey, this person who's a minority got the job because they're minority. Just just be better is my advice. Yeah. And Maria Taylor is mad talented. Like she is a really, really good host. Um, she absolutely deserves it. I, I think definitely over Rachel Nichols. The only thing Rachel Nichols has going for her, I mean, which is just that ESPN sets her up with all these, like, former NBA athletes. So you think that, like, her and Scottie Pippen are close, her and Jalen Rose are close, her and um, Stack are close, where evidently none of them actually like her. Like, Jalen Rose has been, like, on the forefront of, like, give Maria all of the jobs. So everything she has, ESPN has been giving her recently. Because she was off the air for a while, if you remember. Like, Rachel uh- Nichols left. I'll tell you this. I'm not sure how accurate this is. I think I read it uh, in two or three articles, but I think that her mother or mother-in-law is like someone very tied closely with ABC. That could very well be the case. Um, cause there's just been so many little instances that, you know, I forget why she left the first time, but Rachel Nichols left the network for a while and it kind of came back quietly. They gave her the jump and were like, look, just kind of go do your thing. Then she weaseled the way back into the finals and then it blew up in their face, you know, again. That was it was interesting. Adam Silver responded, nobody should should lose their job over one comment. And but it, but like when when like she's just going to come back next finals and it's all good. You know what I'm saying? It's a very it's because when that stuff's fresh in people's minds, they do not want to see that specific person for a while, I would think. No, I wouldn't think so. Um, and there's just so many other options like that are great reports. Doris Burke obviously is an easy one. Um, one I actually really enjoy listening to, I'm going to butcher her name, um, I apologize, is um, Chini Agumake. Yes. Um, she does the show with Golik Jr. 
Yes, but like you know, she obviously she played high level basketball. Like she knows she knows her stuff inside out and backwards. Like she she can like, in my opinion, more qualified than Rachel Nichols. She just knows people. This whole segment is be titled Rachel Nichols sucks. It's, I I know sucks. I know who was who was the person someone replaced Rachel Nichols. Do you remember who it was? On, uh, in the in these NBA finals, somebody replaced Rachel Nichols. This is going to bother me because it's someone that I should know, and I really like them, actually. Let's see. Malika Andrews. Yes. To replace Rachel Nichols during the NBA Finals. Okay. Thank God I found that quickly. Um, All right. Let's move on to some New York sports news. My Brooklyn Nets are interested potentially in Kevin Love. So the Brooklyn Nets Twitter posted a picture of KD working out at the Olympics with, with Popovich. He was, it was like a teaching moment. And right next to KD was Kevin Love. And the Nets wrote something like, everything's a teaching moment. And I don't think that they tweeted that photo by accident. Yeah, I, I don't know about this one. Well, I don't think it happens. Because um, when you were able to get Aldridge and you were able to get Griffin – um, one, I don't think you'd get Griffin if he played the way he played down the stretch. Um, and Kevin Love, I think, is still in a different stratosphere than those two guys. He's not, I don't, at least I don't think, I don't know the guy, but I right. don't think he's in that vet minimum. I just want to keep, you know, playing. I mean, the he's game. 32. He's not young, but he's, he's definitely not, not old yet. He's not old But yet he's either. not Aldridge and he's not yeah. Blake Griffin talent wise. His skills are still pretty much there. The issue in Cleveland is one, nobody cares, and two, including him, nobody cares. I think I mean I think he still has the ability to be a fringe all star on a team where he gives a shit. Because he doesn't. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I look at it and say, all right, you you've been playing for one of the worst teams in the league over the past few seasons. You're still pretty talented. You made a fuck ton of money after LeBron and Kyrie left because they had to pay you. So mm-hmm. why not? Go to the Nets. You're going to get bought out by Cleveland. Why not go there for a year or two, put on, win a championship, play great with KD, your former teammate Kyrie Irving, and and then after that you're going to be 34, 35. You can play a few more seasons, get paid somewhere else. I don't I don't hate the move if if you're Sean Marks. I mean, you definitely need to make a play for a four or a five. I've said that a hundred times. Do I think that Kevin Love is the prototypical center that I'm looking for? No. He's not, but would I hate having him? Absolutely not. The guy can still get rebounds. He's he's a stretch five. He's not the best defender in the world, but I, I guess if you kind of pair him with Nick Claxton, then that's your center position. Like, you'd have to play Nick Claxton half the game, most likely. Yeah, I don't hate the move at all if I'm Sean Mark. I think it's a great move for you guys. You just don't um, think I, Kevin Love's I guess what I'm saying is I don't think Kevin Love is in the position that you guys are looking for. You're looking okay. for a center who just wants to stay on the floor. You're looking for, you know, Dwight Howard, Aldridge, um, just some other guys out there, McGee. I think oh, Griffin I would is, love McGee. I'm on record saying I love Javon McGee. I think Griffin's still in a different category from those guys. I think he's still looking for multi-year deals for a couple million a year. And he's also not a center. I, I mean, yeah. he worked because we played the Celtics, and then we played the Bucks, and, and he can kind of bang with Giannis a little bit. But he's 6'9", dude. Like, he's not – he couldn't cover Brook Lopez in, in those final few games. He couldn't really do much uh, against real centers. So I, I, I need someone who's over, like, 6'10", 6'11", to be my starting center. That's fair. I mean, you know, maybe JaVale will come east, who knows. All right. We have a bizarro New York baseball season thus far. The Mets are good. I mean, they're in first place, I believe, in the NL East, correct? 
Yes. Yeah, DeGrom is pitching like the MVP of the league. And uh, I know they split today, I, I believe, or, or yesterday as you're listening to this. Um, they split with the Brewers. They had a nice – they had a doubleheader. They won the first game. They lost the second game. I think they lost the second. They were down like five out of the last time I checked. But um, they've been playing great baseball, and, and Mets fans have a lot to be excited about. I know you watch the Mets a little bit because of your Phillies. What have you thought of, of this uh, this team in Queens? Yeah, I think um, – I think they're the most dangerous team in the East. Um, the Mets have been consistently inconsistent for the last few years. So I'm always hesitant to pick them to win a division because they could hit just a Mets stretch of ungodly bad baseball. That's true. That is very true. But when they're right, I think they're the East's best chance at contending for a title. I don't know what the hell happened to the Braves. They were supposed to be it. Um, the Phillies, I think, will be there. We're number two in the East right now. The Bats have got come alive. But I think the Mets are far and away the class of the NL East this year. And that's largely because of Jacob DeGrom. I mean, he's having an all-time great season. The Mets' offense is really solid. Um, but it's DeGrom is the storyline. He's spectacular. Um, I'm with you on DeGrom. Uh, and by the way, just to just to confirm, the Mets did lose 5 to nothing to the Brewers last night, and they won 4-3 to in the first game. Um, all right. Any any and, and then again, i got to talk about the other team in New York. The New York Yankees are abysmal. Um, they're just a bad baseball team. Now Chapman's getting touched up by everybody. Garrett Cole doesn't look great. It's because of the sticky stuff mm-hmm. that I guess they're not allowed to use now. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman went from being two of the most praised dudes in the league in the last few years to now getting shit on. I mean, I've never I think Aaron seen Boone's gone after this year. Aaron Boone's going to be gone. I don't think Cashman's gone, but like our radio show locally is the Michael K show. Michael K calls all the Yankee games, and he, he probably – he always tries to say he's not, but, I mean, he, he's biased. He's a Yankees guy. A lot of fans will call him. They'll call him Yankees boy. I've never heard him say a bad word about Brian Cashman until recently. He has been eviscerating everybody in the Yankees front office, uh, the, the, the managers, Aaron Boone, everybody. So I, I think that you're going to see – if the Yankees can't turn it around this season, you're going to see a complete overhaul of this franchise in the next few seasons. Yeah, Um and I think it's just this—it's this turning point we're seeing in baseball right now. I mean, I know the Dodgers did just win the World Series last year with some great homegrown talent. Um, you know, not to ignore, um, but you're not seeing these teams like where the Yankees used to buy their team, Boston used to buy their team, the Phillies have been trying to buy their team. Um, you're seeing a lot more teams like the Astros, the Padres, the Giants this year are a great homegrown team. Um, the Mets have a lot of local talent on their team. Um, the Braves should be good, and they're not, but there's a lot of young talent. You're seeing a lot more of these teams that didn't make these big moves that kept a strong farm system. These guys are now coming into the league, and they're difference makers. Whereas those teams that sold the farm to compete you know, four or five years ago, they're dumpster fires now. Boston's not very good. The Yankees aren't very good. The Dodgers are, go- are good this year, but you look at their roster, they're all old or they're expensive. So, I mean, the clock's ticking on the age of you know Brian Cashman paying everybody. I call that segment Bizarro New York Baseball. All right, let's move on to any Philadelphia sports news you got. You talked about the Phillies a little bit. Anything going on with with any of these other uh, Philadelphia teams? Yeah, um, so the Phillies are on a bit of a heater at the moment, obviously. The bats have really come alive. We went from almost a four spot in the East um, to we're sitting at number two right now. Um, Our last couple games we've put up. 13 runs and then 15 runs back-to-back. Andrew McCutcheon is absolutely cooking right now with the fourth-best OPS 
in the NL since he declared that he sucks on national radio. So it's nice to see Uncle Larry's owning up to it. The bullpen's still trash. I mean, we won 15 to 10 yesterday. It's despicable. Um, we gave up 11 to the Padres. So, I mean, the Phillies are going to Philly. The bullpen sucks. Zach Wheeler is great. He'll probably start the All-Star game because DeGrom backed out. Um, they're focused on, I don't know, I guess his health or whatever. doesn't matter to me. Um, but not much else has changed, really. Andy Reid came out today, and he said Jalen Hurts had one of the best workouts he's seen in the last 10 years. He drafted Pat Mahomes in the last 10 years. Take that for what you will, people. Overreact if you feel like it. Um, but not much else has gone on. Things have been quiet on the Eagles front, which is probably a good thing. Less news is better for me. Yeah, you're probably right there. Um, I haven't really heard much about my Giants recently, and I'm absolutely fine with that. I'm sure this fan base will get crazy hyped in the next few weeks and build up my hope a little bit to the point where I'm like slightly excited for the season just to crush my dreams and, and get smoked like four out of the first five weeks of the season. Um, I will say that we do have a team on hard knocks, the Dallas Cowboys will be the feature team on hard knocks, so it's going to be the Jerry Jones show. That's going to be spectacular television. I I think it'll be on every Philadelphia bar on a loop. Call me crazy. I don't see Mike McCarthy being the most camera-friendly dude in the world. He might not see the camera. I mean, Jerry Jones is going to have a national film crew in his building. If you think he's going to share that spotlight for a second, you're wrong. I'm excited to see Zeke content. Yeah, Zeke is absolutely, like, downing some cereal doing this for, like, at least 40 minutes of an hour episode. <laughs> All right. Speaking of content, I actually really enjoyed this celebrity golf match the other day. Uh, it's Brady and Mickelson versus Rogers and DeChambeau. That was the, that was the matchup last year. It was Manning and Woods versus Brady and Mickelson. They mic everybody up. So it's, you know, all four golfers are mic'd up and then you have your hosts and commentators. I think it was Larry Fitzgerald, Charles Barkley, and I do not remember the other two people, but Charles was doing most of the talking because he kept he kept kind of blabbing in Brady and Rogers' ear, and, and they were kind of talking trash to him, like, Chuck, you, you can't really say anything to us. You're a terrible golfer. Um, but there were a lot of funny moments. Like, Gronkowski called in at one point. That was hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, they asked Aaron Rodgers about uh, what he's going to do in, in Green Bay a hundred times. Like, he kept dodging the question. When Gronk called in, he actually shit on Aaron Rodgers, like, as a joke. He's like, oh, you, you look terrible. And Rodgers is like, what? What would you say? Um, just a very, very solid watch. And, and the great thing was it was 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. But I only watched, like, three or four hours because, obviously, the NBA Finals were on. I feel like I, I, I got most of the funny stuff. Like, like, I got everything. And then when I wasn't watching, they were just playing golf. And I don't need to watch – Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers play golf. Although Aaron Rodgers is pretty damn good. I've, I've yet to find something Aaron Rodgers isn't good at, to be honest with you. And that's probably why you and I were texting about this. We were like, is Aaron Rodgers a douchebag? And it's hard to tell. Is he cool he or is he a douchebag? I can't tell. Yeah. It's annoying. It, or he might be a douchebag. It's impossible to tell. And he definitely has, like, I was talking about Devin Booker's game, you know, in basketball being so smooth. Rodgers has a very smooth way about, like, presenting himself. I, I mean, Brady is your typical, like, all right, partner, good job, you know, great, great shot. Brady's – if Brady didn't win as many Super Bowls as he's won, I don't think that Brady would be considered a cool guy. What do you think about that? Um, I, it's, I think it's, it's up for debate. 
yeah, I think the Super Bowls play a big role in it. I think what makes Brady seem so cool is that you didn't hear a thing out of that man in New England, and then he hit Tampa and just started <laughs> fucking tweeting. I mean, he's genuinely hilarious, and I hate it because I'm supposed to hate him, but he's funny. Social media, his game is on point. I'll give him that. I, I just think, like, he's the kind of guy who, you know, goes to your house. He's super polite. He he tucks his, you know, shirt in. He puts a napkin on his – and he's just a very, like, well-mannered guy. And I'm not saying that's not cool, but Rodgers has the flow. He comes in. He's got the low voice, but you understand everything he's saying. Um, did you, I forgot about that one clip. Where there have did you see when Brady and Rodgers are having a catch? No, dude, it was the most serious game of catch. They're like <laughs> ten feet apart, and they're just throwing bullets at each other. And they don't—they're not smiling. Their face is like stone cold serious. It was—it was quite the sight to see. But yeah, I just—I don't know. Like, I, I guess I answered my own question. I think that Aaron Rodgers is cool, and he's a little bit of a douche. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a little bit there. Like, you live in the, if you listen to Aaron Rodgers' family. They're not huge fans. Yeah, that's so true. something tells me they know a little bit more than we do. All right. So watching that whole event the other day, it had me thinking. You know, we haven't done top five. I think we maybe did it once on two hours no traffic, but decided we should do the top five golf celebrity pairings that you and I would want to see. So yeah. I'll go first. The first one I'd want to see is Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns. I think that'd be hilarious. I think the amount of shit they'd talk to each other would, would be great. Um, they might not even make it two holes before swinging at each other. Yeah, that's a that's a neat way to take this. I took personal enjoyments. I put people that would make me laugh or that I want to see happen. I, I love the violence twist. Like, let's see who will, like, punch each other on the back nine. Um, so my number one was, this is, like, lighthearted roasting i want to see charles barkley and Shaq golf together um if you watch any of the tnt specials those two will compete and shit talk each other every chance they get charles Barkley has a noticeably bad golf swing i can't imagine what Shaq's look like so just i want to see those two guys on a three-hour celebrity roast on the course i definitely like that one and i think that's actually like something that's not that impossible that's probably it something that tnt is going to cook up it's going to be like an inside the nba golf outing and it's ernie and kenny and, and Shaq and chuck i think that would be great um number four i have dwight howard and stan van gundy i just want to see stan <laughs> van gundy in golf clothes that's that's really what i want i, I think he probably carries he's himself a checkered very, man he's a checkered man like he's, he's got some sweater he's got a hat you know the, yep. the old golf hat type deal uh, and I just want to hear the conversation between him and Dwight. I, I think it would be very funny. Dwight, we live in the glory days. Um, okay, so my next one was Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire. I want to see how far a golf ball can travel. So give yeah. me the two best, the two best hitters, the two most roided up hitters, and let's just let them fly. Okay. All right. I like that one a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because, but their their short game would be terrible. I don't even care about the short game. They could drive and go to the next hole. I just want to see. And they got to be on the juice for the event. That's my only stipulation. Okay. My next one is uh, it's Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson. Uh, Scottie Pippen recently called Phil Jackson a racist. So I would just like to see them play golf together. Oh, and Scottie Pippen famously 
uh, sat for that final play yep. because Phil Jackson called the the play for Tony Kukoc. But according to Scotty, is because Phil was a racist. So it kind of depends who you ask. But uh, I would like to see that golf pairing. I think that would be a lot of Scotty just trying to get under Phil's skin and then Phil just constantly meditating. Just every hole. Or smoking weed. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Quite possibly both. Hard to tell. You brought up a good point because my very next one was actually, um, oh, my God, the name's escaping me. Oh, it was Seth Rogen and Snoop Dogg. I have it written down, too, for the same reason that you just brought up. Those guys are always on immense amounts of drugs, several at a time. Can you hit a golf ball stoned out of your mind? Where does that golf ball go? What do they What do they talk about? I mean, Snoop's fascinating. He does, like, Animal Planet videos on YouTube. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Seth Rogen makes vases. I need to hear their small talk. That's a pretty good one. I like that one a lot. I don't know if they make it past the fourth hole because they probably just get too stoned. But, yeah. No, actually, what am I saying? Those guys, too stoned. is what they no do. Subject. All right. My number four, Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor. Uh, I just think it would be funny for, like, Rachel Nichols to try to be really nice and Maria Taylor just grill her. Like, not even yeah. say a word. Just, like, every single shot, silence, and then just stare at her. I think that would make <laughs> for some great content. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> never mind. I'm going to holster that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay. My next one um, is going to be Samuel L. Jackson and Ryan Reynolds. Um, I love both of these guys, and I – there's a, there's a, have you seen the Hitman's Bodyguard? They just came out with a new one. Um, uh, I haven't seen any of those movies. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen White House Down. I haven't seen Olympus Has Fallen. In a weird way, I feel them like are, they're all just. They're not very good. The Hitman's okay. Bodyguard's fantastic. Those two are okay. a great comedy trio because Ryan Reynolds is so sarcastic and Samuel L. Jackson is just like Samuel L. Motherfucker Jackson. Like that's just, that's, that's all he knows. It's an elite comedy duo. I do recommend watching the movie, but I would love to see them golf together. All right. I like that one. Uh, my number one is Paul George and Doc Rivers. They don't like each other. Are you familiar with their story? Yes. Yeah. Uh, could you explain it to me one more time? I like hearing it from somebody else. Uh, that, was the, that was the Clippers beat. Am I right? I think Paul George uh, dated Doc Rivers' daughter, and then he cheated on her, I believe, with a prostitute or a stripper. I think that's the story. I'd have to look it up. I'm like 90% certain, but that would make for a very awkward 18 holes of golf. That, and can we just sidestep to, like, how many awkward scenarios Doc Rivers has put in because of either his children or his stepchildren? Like, he's currently coaching Seth Curry. Who's his yeah, son that's weird. That's so weird. And then you got Austin Rivers on your team. Then you got this. Like he's gotta tell his like his family to stay out of the NBA. Like let me have this. I have a bonus number one because I thought of one and I thought it'd be hilarious if Adam Sandler and Christopher McDonald golfed in real life. Christopher McDonald, oh, yeah. a shooter McGavin, because they put out that clip in the last few months where they both like I think uh, shooter hits a putt and then Sandler like does his stupid Happy Gilmore swing. But if they actually play, like, I think that actor, Christopher McDonald, he's he's a, I don't know the word to describe him. He's an old gentleman who likes to party a lot. And there's a ton of videos in, in the last few years of him and young girls, which isn't a great look. But yeah. he seems like a funny guy outside of that creepiness. Um, and he's kind of a creep. But I'd like to see Sandler kick his ass in real life, to be honest with you. I, I think just don't know could. if Sandler can golf. I know Sandler can ball. 
I think Sandal's got so many hidden skills that like, we just don't assume he has. All right, that does it for this week's podcast. Oh, uh, hockey. Tampa Bay's up one nothing in the third. They're probably going to win the, the Stanley Cup for the second straight year. Shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, let's just let that hang in the air that it was, oh, wait, yeah, hockey. This happened. That's, yeah. that's so indicative of this podcast covering hockey. Because we love hockey. That's why we we're a huge hockey podcast. A ton of time talking about it on another episode. Not this one, though. Eventually, we'll get to it, hockey fans. All right. Thank you guys for listening to Two Hours No Traffic. We hope you enjoyed your time with us today. And remember to follow us on all our social media accounts. Thanks for tuning in, and we will be with you next week.